0: Hi there, this is Ella star with your Key Races and Bets podcast for Saturday, February 4th, 2023. This Key Races and Bets podcast is brought to you by Amwager.com, A-M-W-A-G-E-R.com. Amwager.com is a great legal online wagering website with betting tools and perks Amwayju.com is legal for residents of most states and covers most tracks around North America as well as the rest of the world. Check it out at Amwayju.com. licensed in the U.S. And you can also get the written version of this Key Races and Bets podcast, which is the Key Races and Bets blog, by going to Amwayju.com, clicking on How to Bet, and Ella Stars blog. We're going to start on the Saturday, February 4th podcast with the Endeavor Stakes, race 7 at Tampa Bay Downs with a post of 3.55 Eastern. The main win contenders are Panama Red, surprisingly Olivia of the Desert and Market Segmentation, and maybe Scottish Star. But we're going to start with Panama Red, who makes her U.S. debut after importing from Ireland last year, where she won a place in 4 of 9, all on turf, Her last two races of 2022 are by far her best efforts when second in fields of 11 and 12, leading with an eighth of a mile to go in the more recent of the pair before settling for second. Looking at her races prior to that, she was highly regarded as she ran in Group 3 and Group 1 stakes, the equivalent of Grade 2 and Grade 1 races in the U.S., facing much better horses than she faces today. Since mid-December, Panama Red has been working consistently for High percentage trainer Delacour, who has had a big meeting with 12 of his 25 starters finishing first or second nearly 50%, most with jockey Danny Centeno in the saddle as with Panama Red. As far as imports go, Delacour has a strong record, 3 for 8 over the last five years, so we can expect this filly to run as competitively today as she did in her last two races overseas surprisingly returned from nearly four months off near the end of December and finished second in the Tropical Park Oaks at Gulfstream, a fine effort which she can improve on in her second start off a layoff. She's won two or three on grass, and Paco Lopez comes in from Gulfstream to ride for Shug so surprisingly definitely has a shot to succeed. Another horse making second start off a layoff is Olivia of the Desert, who won her comeback on the same day last month as surprisingly ran second but at Fairgrounds. That win came in a stakes, similar to this one. Olivia the Desert had won a couple of stakes on dirt, but this is her first on turf, and she was flattered when the runner-up came back to win her next start. So, Olivia Desert is another to be respected. Last but not least among the quartet of con- main contenders is Market Segmentation, who ships across from Gulfstream for Chad Brown off a win following a layoff. She continues to improve. Has never been worse than second in her three races. And when Brown ships the Gulfstream and gets Camacho to ride, he's won 8 of 29. So not a bad effort record. The only knock will be her odds. Will likely be lower than the other three as she went to post as the fortified favorite in her most recent race. Additionally, Scottish star can't be ruled out for a piece, but she does draw the 11 post. This race does start using the infield chute, so it's not as ad- disadvantageous as it would if it started in the stretch, but Scottish Star does have tactical speed, can be in the top two or three early. She, too, makes her second start off a layoff, and before the rest, one wants a missed by a head in the other, so it could be competitive, particularly as she goes back on Lasix. However, like market segmentation, Scottish Star has gone to post at fairly low odds in her last three races, so it doesn't offer the value for her win bet as compared to Panama Red, surprisingly, and Olivia of the Desert. So, what I'm going to do in the Endeavor stakes, race seven at Tampa on February 4th with a post of 355. Assuming marketing segmentation and Scottish Star will go to post at lower odds, we should have value in, of the other three. So, my plan is. 3 to 1 minimum odds on Panama Red, Surprisingly, and Olivia of the Desert, and I plan to bet 2 of the 3 at the highest odds of that trio. And when you're betting multiple horses to win, the best way to maximize profit is to use what's called a dutching tool, which allocates your wagers based on the odds. There's a completely free and easy-to-use dutching tool at Amorgy.com where you can set the amount you want to bet or the amount you want to win, and all the math is done for you. Then, for the exactas, I want to play two exactas here. One's going to be a box of surprisingly Panama Red, Olivia of the Desert, and Market Segmentation. And the second's going to be an exacta box of surprisingly Panama Red, Olivia of the Desert, and Scottish Star. And as you can see in these two exactas, we're separating the two favorites, Market Segmentation and Scottish Star, keeping them apart. So we're leaving out the lowest paying combination, which is always a good idea, and we're maximizing profit by the other three. Surprisingly, Pamela read Olivia the Desert, maximizing profit because if two of those three finish first and second, we win both bets. Moving on to race two on this week's Key Races and Bets podcast, this is the Megahertz Stakes, and this is race four at San Anita with a post time of 4.30 Eastern, 1.30 Pacific. Oakhurst was 45-1 to one when rallying from 9th of 11 to 4th in the much tougher Grade 1 American Oaks on December 26th, opening day of the Santa Anita meeting. She ran the last quarter in that mile-and-a-quarter race in about 23 flat, and cutting back to a mile, that kind of late kick will serve her pretty well, particularly getting Flavian and Pratt to ride. Pratt's pretty cold so far at the meet, 6 wins and 87 starts, but he has finished second 23 times, so it's not as if he's lost anything. He just has got beaten. The last start was Oakhurst's first since moving to the barn of top trainer Phil D'Amato, and the Philly was stakes placed last year, so has every reason to improve in her second local start and on the drop in class. Additionally, her late kick, not only on the cutback, should benefit from the fact that Holly Hamwood Flyer is a needle lead type coming back from two months off, making her fresh. And Hamwood Flyer has led through very fast opening half mile splits of forty-five in two of her last three. Bay Storm is drawn inside of Hamwood Flyer and could be sent for the lead as well, which really helps soccer and closers like Oakhurst. Another to benefit from the hotterly pace in the megahertz stakes is School Dance, who finished fast from six to win by four, three races back at this one mile trip and at Santa Anita. That was her first start in California after shipping in from Florida and joining the D'Amato Barn. And more importantly, her first with Vasquez in the saddle, who rode her to her second straight win and a bang up head defeat in the aforementioned American Oaks. Other three contenders, School Dance is the one likely to be close to the pace setters and could get first run on them before Oakhurst and Nadette, who I'll talk about next, get into high gear. Nadette was making her US debut last October in the identical Grade 3 Autumn mistakes and ran very well. After breaking slow in a field of 11, she relaxed in last for the first six furlongs and really closed late. from ninth to second the winner came back to win again and the debt has been rested since then but working great and gets the services of a good grass jockey in umberto rispoli Minimum win odds are five to two on all three contenders oakhurst school dance and the debt and i'm going to bet two of them if there are two of the three at the highest odds and above that minimum range this is another race where we can and should Bet two horses to win using a Dutching into a likely one free and easy to use in Amwager, which prorates our wagering dollars for our best advantage. For the exact I'm going to box Nadette, School Dance, and Oakhurst. Moving back to Tampa for another great turf stakes on the card. Race 9 to Tampa on Saturday, February 4th. This is the Tampa Bay Stakes with a post of 4.55 Eastern. And Che Pierre appears to have a substantial edge over the others in terms of probability, but just the same in a big field, Kentucky Ghost. Field pass, Barberini, and He's Pure Gold could offer good value for win bets. Especially, again, in this 12-horse field. Let's talk about Shapier Pierre first. He's undefeated in five races, three in his native France, and two since coming to the U.S. last March. He won first off, the first of the two off a 10-month layoff with a very strong 104 Echo Base speed figure, which is stakes quality, even though it was an allowance race. It was also a Tampa with Danny Centeno up, as is today, and as was his second start last April, a powerful five length win at Laurel with an even better one hundred six figure. There's no concern for Shapier firing fresh in a turf route, and his works have been strong and consistent, so he does appear to be the one to beat. But that being said, there are some nice prices offered, starting with Kentucky Ghost, who drops from Grade two Fort Lauderdale Strakes and the Grade Two Sea Biscuit Stakes, both which were Lasix prohibited. He won before that in 130,000 stakes level classified allowance with Lasix at the distance with a one sixteen figure better than anything Shapier has run. And he won three races before that with Lasix in New Jersey in 100,000 stakes like this one with a one oh nine figure. If Kentucky Ghost can repeat either of those two efforts, he has a legitimate shot of winning. And he's won at Tampa Bay as well. Field pass ships over from Mike Maker's base at Gulfstream. And like Kentucky Ghost... He has races which could win her if repeated. He missed by a head and a neck in the similar Grade 3 Arlington Stakes at Churchill last June with a 105 figure. Two later missed by a neck in a three hundred thousand stakes on turf. Then was moved up by a disqualification of the winner. He also won the Seabiscuit in 2021. Jockey Sonny Leon comes over from Gulfstream to ride and has a sneaky good record with Maker when Maker gives him the leg up. They're 7 for 16 in the past two years and that's notable. Barberini and his pure gold can't be ruled out as contenders either, but a little less probable than the top three. Of course, decent odds make up for that. Barberini is trained by Delacour, same as Shea and will go to post at higher odds because although he's 5 for 10, he's not as accomplished. However, he got a 105 career best Echo Base speed figure in his most recent start and won three in a row before that. The horse which won that last race on December 17th is named Value Engineering, who came back to run a big race last weekend in the graded McKnight Stakes when second to multiple stakes winner Red Knight. So Barberini has some class. He's pure gold gets a potentially disadvantageous outside post, but again, just like the other race at Tampa, this one does start in the chute, so it's not that terrible. He's won four of his last seven since returning from a layoff last May. And the last win on January 1st came off a three-month layoff, so he could even run even better second off the rest and earned a 103-decent figure last month. In the Tampa Bay Stakes, race nine at Tampa Bay Downs on Saturday, February 4th. This has a post at 4.55. Shape here opens a 3-to-1. Likely, we bet lower, so I think the best thing to do is use the same amount we might bet to win an this, which I'll get to in a second. So for win bets... I'm going to consider Kentucky Ghost and Field Pass at 7 to 2 or more and I won't hesitate to bet them. Now, his pure goal opens at 15, that's too high to ignore, so I think a token win bet like 2 to 5 or 10 bucks are is warranted at 6 to 1 or more, and Barberini opens at 30 to 1. And I think that's the kind of horse we'd be kicking ourselves if we missed. So, I'm going to bet him 2 or 5 bucks to win at 10 to 1 or higher. And this is absolutely another race to try and dutch the bets and get a value mathematical edge on your wagers. For the exactas, the first one's going to be the exact as a win bet. So instead of betting Shea Pierre to win, let's just say I was going to bet 20 bucks to win. Instead, I'll play a $5 exacta of Shea Pierre over Barberini, Kentucky Ghost, Field Pass, and He's Pure Gold. And then, even just for a dollar, I want to box all five because anything can happen in a race like this and I don't want really to be kicking myself if an exacta pays a couple hundred bucks. And this is just going to be an exacta box of Shea Pierre, Barberini, Kentucky Ghost, Field Pass, and He's Pure Gold. And moving on back to Gulfstream for the big race today, the Holy Bull Stakes, Race 12, 543 Eastern. And the reason I like this race, even though it's got some low odds horses, is because the favorite is Cycle and Mischief at 2 1, based on his 5 3 quarter length win at Gulfstream four weeks ago. That came in a one turn mile, not a two turn mile in a 16th like this. It also came with first time LASIKs, which he can't race with today. It's interesting to note I did a query. Concerning Dale Romans with the horses coming off Lasix, over the last five years, he's over 15. And although the one-on-one Echo Bay Speed Figure, Cycle of Mischief Earned, is better than any other horses in this race, it was an outlier. And it could mean he could regress, so I'm going to take a stand against him. Therefore, the contenders in this year's Holy Bull become Rocket Can, Legacy Isle, and Lord Miles. Rocket Can comes off after a little bit over two months off. He has the most experience in the field with Cycle of Mischief around two turns, as both have run the distance twice. However, Cycle of Mischief has a win in a seventh, with his most recent effort being that one-turn race. Rocketman could easily run well enough to win by repeating either of his previous two-turn efforts. The first was a win October 30th by two lengths in a field of ten. He earned a career-best 89 figure for that, which, except for the one-on-one Cycle of Mischief earned, which could be, again, an outlier, is the fastest by any horse in this field. Then Rocketman improved to a 97 figure in a strong allowance field of nine two-year-olds on November 26th, missing by a half length, holding second by a neck. Now he's a three-year-old, more mature. He's in the barn of Bill Mott with Junior Alvarado, who just teamed up to win the Pegasus last week with Art Collector. Interestingly enough, Art Collector won that race after being off since October 1st, and Rocketman returns from a layoff since the end of November, so there's no concern about firing a big shot and winning this year's Holy Bull. Legacy Isle might be undefeated in three races if not for being DQ'd out of a win in the Mucho Macho Man Stakes last month and placed second. He still improved in every start, beginning with a wire-to-wire sprint in September with a 70-figure, then an 80-figure, then an 82-figure. Although the win last month was earned leading from start to finish as in his debut, Legacy Isle did prove to be able to relax and versatile when in fifth before rallying to win in his second start. Now he gets Luis Saez, who's won 25% of the time he's ridden in the last 30 days, so he's pretty hot. And the son of 2011 Preakness stakes winner Shackleford has a decent shot to make his mark in the three-year-old division by continuing his pattern of improvement. Lord Miles is the most likely raced of the top three contenders, but he may have the talent to leapfrog them after a powerful nearly six Length win in a sprint in November with an 81 figure. He stepped up in class in the stakes ranks, stretched out to a mile in the Mucha macho Man. He lagged an eighth of 11 early, then began a rally from sixth and impressively surged to third, beating just a neck for second. Although the 80 figure wasn't improving off his debut, he did set up in class and was competitive. And now he gets the rail, gets two turns, gets a jockey change for Rad Ortiz, and gets blinkers. So all these changes could really help Lord Miles. In the Holy Bull Stakes, race twelve at Gulfstream on Saturday, February fourth, post five forty-three Eastern. I'm going to make my first win bet on Rocket Man at five to two or better for sure, and I might consider a bet on Legacy Isle or Lower Miles, whichever is the higher odds, if they're three to one or more. But my main bet is going to be Rocket Can. For the exacta, I want to box Lower Miles, Legacy Isle, and Rocket Man. Now, even though these are going to be the second, third, and fourth choices in the betting, because I'm taking a stand against Cycle of Mischief, I think it's a good bet. If you want to spend less, maybe make more, you can key Rocket Can and just play an Xacta box of Rocket Can and Legacy Isle and play an Xacta box of Rocket Can and Lord Miles. Don't forget, you can get this all in writing so you can have it with you for your betting. And this is the Key Races and Bets blog, available totally free at amwager.com, A-M-W-A-G-E-R.com. Click on How to Bet and Elostar's blog if you want to get the Key Races and Bets blog. Thanks for listening. I hope you make a lot of money. Watch these 3 old races. They're very interesting. And we'll talk to you next week.